it's uh, it's an evolutionary process as with any piece of software. Um, we're, we're focused primarily on the sort of the key areas of concern from consumers and brokers, and we'll add on these additional features as they become uh, more necessary. Our prioritization of development isn't just our opinion. We actually engage with all of our brokers. We provide them a list of what we're building and the order that we're building in and ask them to provide us with their recommendations on the priorities for any of these builds and to let us know what additional features that they would want that are not currently in our build structure. Welcome to the LVR podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Welcome back to another episode of the LVR podcast. You are, of course, here with Ruan and Marissa, and we're delighted to be with you today. Hello, everyone. And uh, we're joined by a special guest, Ben Shapiro from De Niro. Today's topic is a tech topic. Uh, we are committed at the LVR podcast to learn about new tech hitting our industry and how it might uh, add value to our businesses and our clients. And this is a very new tech to Australia. So we're really interested to find out more about it. But obviously, um, you know, when we're looking at tech, we're always looking for ways to see how can that tech add value to our customer experience? How can it improve our client experience? And Marissa, is it fair to say 2022, when we were looking at it, it's already we could have seen in 2022 how tech is doing more for our client experience? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we need to be prepared that that's just going to continue to be the case moving forward. We do need to look for ways to improve the client experience through tech without it, uh, you know, taking away the human touch that makes makes our service so valuable. So thank you for joining us today, Ben. Welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So today we are talking about how to use tech to create a better customer experience for our customers. So I thought we might start with the beginning of the customer experience. And I'd love to hear your thoughts from a tech perspective on what you're seeing tech can do at the front end of the journey when you're uh, onboarding a client or looking to, you know, convert a client that maybe isn't ready to do something just now. But, you know, how can we use tech to help with that process? Yeah, the um, the vast majority of tech solutions that are in the market, uh, which are either third party or, or you know, offered through the aggregators are primarily designed to simplify the process, uh, the paperwork for the brokers themselves. Where Dinero provides added value is by bridging the communication and simplifying the process for consumers and brokers concurrently. Uh, for customers who are either first-time home buyers or are looking for that initial point of engagement with brokers, what Dinero allows you to do is to centralize your entire financial portfolio into a single app, including owned and financed uh, institutional data, super everything, and to share that data in a single click. I mean, from, from the moment of download to the moment of sharing is typically less than 20 minutes. And what it does is allows the broker to um, understand the consumer's um, current status, their likelihood or borrowing potential, and if they're not quite ready, to um, to allow them to engage with some of our tools, like our goal savings tool, to uh, provide them with more advanced notifications for when they're ready to actually get in and take that first first step on the property ladder. So, so just with the first home buy, 
think of a second home buyer, a third home buyer. I mean, they, they're not chasing that deposit now, but they, they're chasing the equity. You know, if I've got that equity, I wouldn't mind to buy that first investment property. So does this cater just for that first home buyer or has it got a bigger play? So we, we um, for every property that's connected to the app, we ask the consumer not only the address so we can uh, find out what the current um, market value is, but we also ask them what they paid for it. And what we do is we measure the equity growth and we present it to both the consumer as well as keeping the broker notified of the ongoing increases in the equity for each of those properties. Uh, Once again, for the broker to be able to engage the consumer um, at a point where the equity growth is most relevant or becomes most relevant so that the consumer can then uh, find out they can get an investment property, get a second home. Um, or get involved with other types of investment opportunities by leveraging the equity that they have gained in that property. Once again, it's all about the sort of the annual check-in process. It's about giving brokers the um, the insights and the ongoing access to financial data that they need to be proactive in their engagement with consumers. Really protect the relationship. So this app effectively just uh, I'm I'm a bit slow with tech, so you have to be patient with me, Ben. But my understanding of what I, <laughs> my understanding of what I'm understanding from this is that it's effectively like a client wealth portal in an app, where basically you know it would give them their full balance sheet at any point in time with all of their net assets and their net you know liabilities and up to date. I'm guessing it's got up to date bank feeds, so they can go into this app every day and they can get up to date balances of all of their accounts as well as up to date you know, valuations of their property. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So our our data is scraped data. So, you know, when you log into your bank account, for example, what you see on the screen is the data that we collect. Yep. And so your data is updated daily? Yes. Every single day, the valuation of their properties is up to date? and Yeah. So all the data we collect is updated every 24 hours. Um, And uh, so in the app, uh, our data is no more than 24 hours old. We are using scraped data, not um, open banking APIs. The difference primarily means that we are not allowing transactions to uh, happen in, in our app, um, basically to protect the consumer, both in terms of privacy, but also to protect their financial data um, to ensure that there's, there's no possibility that there's any issues with the app itself. Even though our app is fully encrypted end to end, we want to take a pragmatic approach and say, if you want to make transactions, best that you deal with your institution and your bank. If you want to know your net worth and to sort of manage your financial well-being, Dinero is the app for you to manage that. And did you say that clients can have details about their super and insurance and all of that sort of stuff in the app as well? Yeah, so our, all of our uh, super is included, um, institutional bank data. We also have API uh, connectivity for property valuation, vehicle valuation. So all of that's up to date. Um, insurance is a product that's coming in the future, primarily because the insurance market is a little bit of a black box. And they haven't let, they haven't latched on to the um, open banking framework yet. My guess is they're going to be pulled along kicking and screaming at the end of the day. But um, everyone else is sort of coming on board now. I think the energy companies are coming on board as we speak. As brokers, could we use this as a bit of a retention tool as well? So let's say, for example, we've got a client. They've just finished buying their first home. They have told us that, you know, maybe in five years, they're going to look to buy their next home with, you know, and convert the current home to an investment property. Could we set some rules up in this system where we say, okay, well, once they get down to an 80% LVR or once they get down to a mm-hmm. you know, 70% LVR and they have this amount in savings in their offset account, uh, we want to be alerted to contact that client to talk about their next goal. So does that mean that the broker will have unlimited access to the client's financial position 
anytime they want or does yes. do they need to reach out to the client every time they want an update and the client has to authorize that that access? So if the, um, if the broker is paying for the license on behalf of the customer, um, and probably 95% of the cases the broker is providing access, the consumer is um, by default um, giving permission for the broker to be provided ongoing access. They have the option of removing or resupplying that access at any time that they like. Mm-hmm. It is consumer-centric. However, the idea is to give the broker ongoing access to the financial data. So the broker would have their own admin where they could only see their own customers and they can see for each customer their assets, expenses, and liabilities. They can also see any goal savings that they have um, set up. And they'll also be able to see all the properties and the equity growth in each of those properties at a moment's notice. So they don't necessarily have to be tethered to the to their desk. They can actually go meet their customer for coffee or for dinner and be able to talk you know, talk their finances. Is, is it fair to say if that gets cancelled, if the, the client cancels it, that, uh, yeah, you need to pay attention, you may have let, lost the client? <laughs> well, that's a, you'll be notified if that does happen. Um, but the reality is from our, from our customer research, the customers um, who are using the app and the customers who engage with their brokers, they actually see this as an added value, that the brokers are actively engaged that they're taking an effort, you know, to to be more engaged, and, and that they find that, that added value makes the relationship more solid, uh, rather than you know being being a you know red flag in terms of access to their data. Um, just just on that note, does it mm-hmm. work the other way too? If someone goes and get another credit card, another car loan, does these things suddenly get low down then too? If you've got control on it, so you can see change in conditions, change in behaviors. Yes. Yeah, so uh, anytime a customer, uh, so if they, if they add a new credit card, um, then the broker will have access and visibility to that. Also, if they sell a property or they sell a vehicle and they turn off and in, the manage, in the management section, they can turn off accounts, they can turn off properties. Um, would they the, turn you know, it off that, or would it automatically notify. turn off because they closed the credit card or they sold a car? So we don't have visibility directly that they have sold it. Um, they may have sold it. They may have junked it. They may have broken down. Um, you know, we don't we don't necessarily know the context. So, but we have, what we allow them to do is to simply turn off. We don't allow them to delete. We always want historical data in case there's a mistake or in case they want to understand what historical data they have. But they can turn it off so it's no longer part of the calculations. And it's no longer part of the data sharing. And um, in your experience to date, I know that you've already got people in Australia using this. The customers that are engaging with this app that is paid and funded by the broker, um, are they mainly just engaging with the app at the time of getting the loan application? Or what are you seeing in terms of customer engagement with the app following settlement of their loan? You know, I mean, I know that there's a lot of apps out there and screen um, real estate on the phone is pretty uh, valuable at the moment. So how are you finding that people are engaging, clients are engaging with the app after the settlement of their loan? So the, the reality is what we're seeing customers checking in with the app typically once or twice a month. Um, I think that frequency will likely change um, as, you know, the, the interest rates continue to go up. Because we provide, you know, um, expense breakdowns by category, for example, because we provide asset changes over time, it's a really good place to be able to understand the changes in your total financial position and not have to open and manage eight, nine, ten apps to manage all of your different accounts across different institutions. So um, it's almost like a bit of a bird's eye view, if you like. Yes. Mm. Yeah, think of it sounds like a, a 5,000 foot view of your finances. 
Um, and in terms of post-settlement, also, I think it's, it's important to see, it's not just about initial settlement, but also about refinance. So one of the tools that we have in place is to notify brokers six months, three months, and 30 days prior to a refinance. And they can also engage their customers and say, you know, yes, we can see your, your finances or please send us a copy uh, of your financial data from the app. And it's a simple one-click process to be able to do that. And it helps to, to streamline. So, sorry, mm-hmm. you said six months. What did you mean six months, three months? Sorry, I just want to make sure I'm on the same page. So the data that we can supply to a broker, um, currently it's available in a PDF format. By And we're in the process of building out an API to allow direct digital delivery of financial data. Currently, it's available in either three months, six months, or 12-month increments. So that way, a broker can choose the historic amount of historical data that they need in order to make an effective decision. This is for bank statements, is that right, Ben? Yes. So it's bank statements, credit card statements, um, as well as vehicle and property valuations over the past period of time. Yeah. Okay. And this system, like if business owners and mortgage brokers are using a CRM that they'd like this information to flow straight into, is there a way of, of linking this up with, you know, with your CRM so that the information can just flow straight in? Or is it a matter of just getting the information from this app as the broker and then you've got to input it all yourself? So for the moment, our financial disclosure or financial data is delivered by a PDF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, are do, we are building our API as we speak and our API will be ready by Christmas. In which case, uh, anyone who has a digital lake or a data lake on their end, or as we start to engage with other third-party vendors and aggregators, uh, we are looking at partnering to deliver our financial data directly into their CRM systems, bypassing the need for PDFs. And do you see with the you know evolution of open banking that, because you said that you're not using open banking, you're doing the scraping. Will that change the way that this app works or what's your thoughts around how open banking will change this sort of proposition? Well, the, the reality is we will move to open banking in the future. The, the reason for our delay or hesitation is not an infrastructure issue. We can turn on open banking in a matter of days. For us, it's an issue of permission structure. Um, with open banking, it requires ongoing, um, we have to constantly ask the, the consumer for ongoing access. Every three, six, or 12 months, we have to ask them to re-permission their data to us. But with scrape data under CDR compliance regulations, we don't have to ask them. The single request at the beginning is all that's required. So it's, it's more of a, an issue of pragmatism, to be fair. Uh, I think as open banking starts to be more mature and some of the legislation is updated to sort of address some of those deficiencies, in the permission structure, then I think we'll move to the, to, uh, to the APIs consistently. And so just been on that note, um, we've got a client, client is ready to rock and roll going forward. We've got the, all the financial statements, need payslips, need um, a few other documentation in respect of rates notice, et cetera. Those things, um, currently there's a lot of systems you can upload those things. Is this app giving you the capacity to upload those forms too so the broker's got one place to go and ascertain all this information? So there's, I don't think there's a single place online that allows you to, um, to say, for example, digitally transit ATO information or pay slips, for example. Those Some of those things will still be required, at least in the short term, to be downloaded separately. Yeah, but um, if it's downloaded, can it be uploaded to this app so that at least for the broker, it's still one place to ascertain or to get all this information from? 
at the moment, we are focused on institutional um, on institutional data. We are looking at having a data lake that allows you to upload uh, KYC information as well as HEO records and payslips. It's uh, it's an evolutionary process, as with any piece of software. Um, we're we're focused primarily on the sort of the key areas of concern from consumers and brokers, and we'll add on these additional features as they become uh, more necessary. Um, really, it's just about prioritizing, and our prioritization of development isn't just our opinion. We actually engage with all of our brokers. We provide them a list of what we're building and the order that we're building in and ask them to provide us with their recommendations on the priorities for any of these builds and to let us know what additional features that they would want that are not currently in our build structure. What are the plans in the immediate future to improve the system? Well, um, we are updating our, our financial data PDFs as well. So our app can be white labeled. So for any brokers who have spent a lot of money on their own branding, they don't necessarily have to uh, to use our branding. They can use their own. And we have a few white-label clients that are already on board. But our, our financial data report will also be white-labeled at that point as well. Sorry, does that mean that mortgage brokers can ha- effectively have their own app? Yes. Which is, you know, ABC mortgage brokers. Um, That's correct. Yeah. So w- what ends up happening is we we, um, we validate it based on a mobile number. So once your customers are preloaded into the system, when they download the generic version of Dinero, so it's a single, there's only one version to download. Once we verify your mobile number and we know whose customer you are, if you're a white label customer, then the app will automatically update with that, with that um, broker's branding and will stay with that broker's branding for the balance of that 12 months, even if they disconnect because you've paid for their license. Does that mean that um, you know, if a business has the white label app, then when they onboard a new customer onto this app, they need to send an Eero confirmation of this customer's phone number? That's correct. Yeah, so they'll send us their contact details, their email address and mobile number, and that's how we validate the customer. So when they type in their mobile number, the customer gets a six-digit SMS verification code so we can uh, authenticate the mobile number and the owner of the mobile number. And at that point, we can then, uh, we, we already have their, personal details already preloaded into the system. It saves a lot of time in the onboarding process. Mm. Sounds really interesting. So where do you see this technology all evolving to, Ben? Well, it's our hopes that we can not just work in the mortgage space, but also work in the small business lending space, um, tax accountants, um, legal, family planning. The idea is pretty much anywhere where financial data is sort of necessity in terms of conversation. Uh, we think this will be a really good option for Dinero to basically allow consumers to share that financial data in a really efficient fashion. Um, the, the reality is that the brokerage space is primed for this app before anybody else. And based on my own experience, this is the, the, the first issue that I want to address. So that's why our focus is on, on the, the mortgage sector first. But there are other types of lending. You know, we, we could also look at you know, how many people are going to their local tax accountant at the end of the year. They have no receipts. They have no data. They have no, nothing really to provide. Well, if they can share their data in a single click, then they can get their taxes prepared in, in a matter of minutes rather than weeks. Yeah. That sort of thing is what's coming up next. Do you see this eventually getting to a point where people could just click a button and all of their profit and loss and their tax assessment notices and their group certificates could just be 
automatically input it into here without them having to get all of that information separately and, and download it and upload it? Yeah, absolutely. I will eventually we'll start uh, integrating with ATO, with Zero, with you know QuickBooks, with other vendors where we can end up consuming that data based on consumer permission. Uh, part of that's going to be also around KYC compliance. So we can do ID verification and that'll help simplify that process. Part of it's also going to be about other areas of the industry maturing to a point where they can engage with us. ATO being a perfect example of that. They're getting to that point with digital ID um, and upgrading their systems to sort of latch on to the open banking framework. It's going to take them a little bit more time, but I think they're they're primed to to help out. What do you think the time frame is on that, Ben? When do you reckon we're going to be at a point where all of that scraping can happen from the ATO and pay slips and group certificates and stuff like that? I suspect within 24 to 36 months, you'll see uh, large-scale digitization of virtually all aspects of lending. And I think there's a plus with that because you even think with ID documents, a lot of our sessions now is online. And so... Mm-hmm. Whilst having to ID the client, if there's a functionality here where all those things can be done in one place, I think it's going to save everyone a lot of time. I I like today, for, for this session, my big take here is, I mean, we're in a business of connections. We're in a business of having a client experience and the longevity with that client. I believe something like this, from what I gather today and from what I hear today, will be a great opportunity to keep us l- bit more proactive. There's different systems, so you know, where we can look at rates and we can do all these things, but we almost get a more holistic view over someone's finances because just the whole point of someone has just sold a car, bought a car, you you start paying attention to those things and there's an opportunity for you to be part of that process for them too as a mortgage broker. So to your listeners, it's not just the, the buy and sell of a house. It's not just the finance. It's the finance of the next car. It's all those things that you now start paying more attention to or get the opportunity to pay more attention to. And then the white label thing, I do like. I do like the fact that, you know, we, we're giving a more holistic view to our client in respect of the value we are bringing to the table, not just by doing finance for you, but being on this journey of finance for you. Yeah, and I really love the idea of the fact that brokers can set up little goals for their clients, whether they're, you know, just leads or, you know, existing clients that wanting to do things in the future and, you know, set little alerts to come to the broker because in in enabling us to have access to, you know, being alerted when a client reaches a certain LVR level or a certain savings level or a certain goal that we set for them, then that's going to make us a lot more proactive as brokers to be able to deliver them. We could be a month or three months too late. Yeah, you are now proactively in time. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben. Really appreciate your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And we're looking forward to seeing what the future of De Niro holds. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy to uh, just speak to any, any broker who's interested, provide them with a free demo um, and just uh, and, and let them sort of get a, a sense or an experience for themselves. We even offer uh, some, we usually offer for brokers to uh, have access to the app for free so they can trial it out for themselves and have a play with it before they end up making any type of commitments. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate your time and thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, We really, really, really appreciate you and your support. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would find it useful and uh, please let us know what you think and like and share the podcast. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Cheers, everyone. Till next time. 
Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.